You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on X at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Camper. You can also find me on X, but at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode of the podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code OWLSFLIGHTDECK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. So go to sportbuffshop.com, use the promo code, save 10%, support local, and come away with some sweet, sweet merch. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Yellowwoods Flight Deck is all over social media and the World Wide Web. If you haven't already, make sure you check out www.alowitzflightdeck.ca to access our entire seven-plus-year archive of the show. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter slash X at Alouette's FL Deck. You can find us on Instagram at Alouette's Flight Deck, as well as Fred's at Alouette's Flight Deck. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. And of course, we are also on Blue Sky. That's Alouette's Flight, De- I'm sorry, Alouette's FL Deck dot Social, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube page as well with our Flight Deck Live episodes archives there as well over at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And last but certainly not least, if you want to support this podcast, make sure you check out our merch store over at www.flightdeckgear.ca. It's all, you know, they are, the CFA always touts what's it like, what teams are after coming off of a bye week. What, what, what are we coming off of a bye week? What's our record? Are we undefeated? Just, just you and me. <laughs> just, I think we are. I think Sounds we good. we are undefeated. <laughs> Alouettes, not always, but uh, no. I, I, like no. Think, I like to think we are undefeated. Going, yes, I think so too. I think so too. It, it's and it's so tough having these these. I will admit having these shows after a bye week. You know, you and I have done special episodes. We've done watch alongs. We've done, <laughs> we've done almost everything we can. To try to you know bring you guys the show each week, when sometimes there is no news, but luckily for us, we made the change to Wednesday nights. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and thank and thankfully, typically during a bye week, at least over the past little while, usually is when some crazy stuff goes down, like or some true. sort of seismic shift happens that mm-hmm. completely turns the mantra alouettes on its ear or has do you feel that to do so do you feel that no not this week okay no not this okay. is this has been perhaps the most uneventful bye week for the mantra alouettes and i and for one am eternally years. grateful and two yeah. years at least nobody got fired nobody you know quit nobody uh got traded no th- nothing happened like literally nothing happened and i am extremely grateful for that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, dude. But again, we were lucky. He said, uh, making the shift over to Wednesdays. Oh, so many, oh, so many years ago, um, giving us enough time to have a little bit more news that come out that we could talk about in weeks like this. And we did. 
I think we had heard this coming. This was this was so, some, somewhere in the, within the hopper itself that this was going to be coming out. I think there were rumors. Uh, and we were watching our guys over on Turf District last night, and they mentioned it too. And lo and behold, dude, uh, we had the uh, all of the nominees, the team nominees for the uh, CFL awards uh, were uh, announced today. Um, and that coincides perfectly. It coincides perfectly with who we're going to be talking with this week. Um, but we'll get the we'll get to that interview in a little bit. But uh, it will be about it will be one of these uh, these uh, current gentlemen that we're going to be about to be talking about who we are going to be speaking with. Isn't that one hell of a teaser, Cliff? Oh my God, man, man! If if you, if you folks were excited now, then I don't know what to tell you because yeah, yeah, we're going to be having a, a very special guest who will be nominated or mentioned, I should say, as part of the nominations. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you and I have been talking over the last couple of weeks who we feel was most worthy to uh, be nominated to be one of the, you know, one of the guys that will be uh, hopefully moving on into the uh, East nominees for, you know, X player of the year or whatever it may of or sub X of the year award, whatever it may be. Um, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on the final announcement for the Alouettes. First question I do want to ask you though is not Owls related because it really was, I think it, it was a we're talking about seismic shifts. And we just have just get real quickly talk about it. What's the what's your thought on uh, Zach Caleros not being nominated for MOP this year by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? On the surface, considering he's a back-to-back defending most outstanding player, your first thought is shock because wow, okay, I mean he hasn't fallen off. He hasn't. He still plays at a very very high level, but when we found out that it was actually going to be Brady Oliveira, who is the Winnipeg nominee for most outstanding player. I'm like, yeah, that fits because he truly has been outstanding this year. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no question. I mean, he's a Canadian kid. So I truly expected him to be the most outstanding Canadian nominee. And sure enough, he was, Mm -hmm. but most outstanding player. I'm like, you know what? That actually checks off all the boxes. Like we, we, we've come to expect Zach Caleros to play, at a very high level. I mean, let's not forget, he, he's been to the last three Grey Cups. One, two, lost one. Mm-hmm. Or damn near one, three. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. the, there's no question. The talent level is second to none when it comes to Zach Caleros. He truly is one of the elite quarterbacks in this league. And had himself a very stellar year this year. There's, there's No one's going to argue that. But I think it, it's that thing that we talked about. I remember last year when we talked about when Zach Caleros won the back-to-back, beating out Geno Lewis who was the Eastern nominee, like, well, we, we we weren't completely opposed to the idea, but at the same time, we, we obviously we're, we're backing our guy, Gino. There's no question about that. So it was, we're probably a little bit biased in this thing, but we expect Zach Claros to be at a high level. We expect him to be outstanding. So it wasn't a surprise, but it, it, it you understood why he won it the past two years. But this year, like he hasn't dropped off at all. No. But at the same time, I, I, you look at what Brady Oliveira has done for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and he definitely deserves to be. Like, there's no question he had an outstanding year. Like, you talk about valuable, and would you say that Zach Claros is more valuable to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers than Brady Oliveira? That's a hard. That's really a hard thing to say, because 
he's been healthy. He hasn't really been replaced other than like in garbage time kind of thing. Like he really hasn't suffered any major injury that caused him to lose any pl real playing time this year. So it's, it's hard to say like if, 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 if it's, it's very hard. I guess this is what I'm yeah. trying to say here, but I mean, Brady Oliver truly had himself a phenomenal season this year. It's definitely it's very, it's very weird to see a, a team such as good as Winnipeg not pick their quarterback. I think that would be the case for any team. It, it would be it would be like Toronto not picking Chad Kelly. You know what I mean? But that that would that would be a, a hell of a lot more surprising to tell you the truth. That mm -hmm. like you're you're right. The, typically the quarterback or somebody on the offense would have to be would be the nomination for most outstanding player unless I think Cameron Wake was the last, or was it Solomon Elementium that was the last uh, MOP, like defensive player that was MOP. It's fine because they, I guess a lot of people think, oh, well, they got their own category, defensive player. So you, like, but again, if someone is truly outstanding, then yeah, that would be your nomination. So yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's really interesting, but there, there is no question. Brady Oliveira had himself one hell of a 2023 season. Not to say that Zach Laros didn't, but, I, I'm not surprised, and I, I'm not even mad at the, the nomination. I, and I think Brady Oliveira can definitely make a case for MOP this year. Out of the list for the Alouettes that was announced today, Cliff, only one of the players uh, was a uh, uh, was a unanimous selection. Um, before we go over them and say who the who that person was, does that surprise you that only one? Based on the on the on the six gentlemen that I'm looking at here, are you surprised that only one of them was listed as uh, got got a unanimous choice? Not really. I I, I think, yeah. Uh, like when I when I look at all the categories, and you can make cases for certain players, and the idea that one particular player was like whether it's uh, offense, defense, offensive lineman, special teams, rookie there is at least two or three players in those categories that you can make a serious case for mm -hmm. when it comes to most outstanding Canadian, which was the unanimous choice. Yeah. You take a look at the other Canadians and it's not to say they're bad by by any sure it's not, it's just that this particular nominee truly was head and shoulders. Like, like to the point where you're, you'd be stunned to, to learn that someone else was nominated in, in his place. Like this was, I'd love to know. I'd love to know some of these other positions. Who who else was given a potential you know check mark on the ballot itself? But you know enough teasing about it, dude. Let's let's go and let's talk about it here. So the yep. Alouettes announced today the six players that were that are uh, were, were voted for um, our most outstanding players uh, in in that position, and we'll go and we'll find out what happens very shortly. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about it next week. Uh, who has moved on potentially to be the East nominee and who will be heading to Niagara Falls at, at Grey Cup uh, to go against their Western counterpart to be named uh, the best person uh, at their position in the CFL in 2023. Um, mm -hmm. It's funny, I, I just noticed that uh, they dated the uh, the press release 2022. Anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so first of all, the most outstanding player for the Alouettes uh, is Austin Mack. And, and to you and I, this is not uh, this is not a surprise at all. You and I still have to come up with that that other award 
name that we can give him, uh, considering that you know he can't be you know he can't be a rookie of the year because he had already you know he had some, had some NFL experience already. Right. But Austin, I, this is no surprise. This and and by the way, he was asked today during uh, the today's uh, post practice scrum. You know, obviously he was you know he was grateful to get this thing, and but to him he said, um, you know, there's more work to do. He said there are still three guys ahead of me. He's only a, he's approximately 150 yards, I think, from being in first place and leading the CFL in receiving yards. That's what his goal is this week. He's <laughs> he's, he's he's happy to have then the nomination, but obviously looking forward to even though it is a a glorified preseason game versus Hamilton this this, uh, this Saturday, he's looking at becoming not only the East the nom the nomination for the Alouettes, but also potentially finishing the year as the uh, top wide receiver in the CFL. But, you know, uh, Austin Mack, well-deserved. If we can't think of, a, of another award to give him, uh, this this is something he, he deserved easily, easily. Yeah, without question. I mean, we, we've watched his progression from, from training camp all the way till today. It, it has been a journey, and it has been so much fun to watch this guy. I mean, he's just absolute highlight real material. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the Big Mac for a reason. Oh, yes. he, he, he's just he makes catches. He he gets the yards. He he scores touchdowns. He he does it all. I mean, he has definitely been a bona fide playmaker. Each and every time he steps on the field, you know you got to pay attention for this guy. You got to you, you as a defense, you have to respect what Austin Mack can do. And let's not forget, this is his first year in the Canadian Football League. Yes, he had a cup of coffee in the National Football League. So he knows how to play the position, but for him to come up and just dominate, to to just put up some absolutely incredible numbers in his first year is nothing short of incredible. And obviously, like you take a look at all the other potential nominees for this, like who do you think was really outstanding? Like Austin Mack, as far as I'm concerned, checks off all the boxes quite handily. And to me, I, I'm not surprised that we talked about wanting to make an award from, well, this is quite the award for him to be nominated for. Yeah. I mean, most outstanding. I mean, that's, that's no small feat. I mean, you, you, you take a look like last year, Gino Lewis, also a wide receiver was the most outstanding nominee. And that turned into the Eastern most, uh, most outstanding nominee and probably should have won most outstanding player <laughs> last year. But you know, do I, do I think Austin Mack has the opportunity to do it this year? I think he does. I, I I definitely think you can make an argument for him. I mean, yes, Chad Kelly will more than likely be the most outstanding Eastern representative, but I mean, because yeah. you can't deny what he's done this year by any stretch, but Austin Mack definitely is making the case. He's made the case, quite frankly, and I, I'm, I'm thrilled beyond belief that his teammates have recognized that in him and, you know, so happy for, for Austin because we've had him on the show. Definitely a great guy. Love spending time with him. Love chatting with him. And see him put in the work that he has and getting the results that he's getting, absolutely outstanding. Like I, I, I have a feeling, you know, it would be great to see him in Hamilton this year, obviously to win the Grey Cup. But if we can see him at the CFL Awards as a nominee, I mean, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I'm, I, I'm hoping against hope that it's going to happen. But uh, I'm just saying, if somehow, some way, the 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 league recognizes him as the Eastern nominee for most outstanding player. I wouldn't be mad at all. Yeah. Uh, second 
person who was announced today. And I don't, to me, I don't know if this was a surprise to me. I think for there really weren't very many eyebrow raising uh, nomina- uh, nominations. Um, this might give one to me a little bit, but uh, for the defensive uh, player of the year for the Alouettes, it goes to Tyrese Beverett. Um, I'm, I could, we could easily, I think, have given it also to, um, to Marc Antoine de Croix, but mm-hmm. something, uh, you know, Tyrese had a great year. He, he really did. And, you know, he, he's very humble about it too. In, in today's press game, uh, press practice scrum too, he was like, well, you know, I'm not really a guy you know, looking at personal accolades, you know, there's still still some work to do, that type of thing. Um, su- surprised it was Beverett, or do you, I mean, I, I think it's a great nomination, um, but what, what are your thoughts on, on him and nabbing this spot for the Alouettes? Definitely deserved. I mean, he definitely made his, made his case this year as well. Uh, I was thinking maybe more, maybe the, the thought was leaning more towards Sean Lemon, because ever since he came on board, even though he didn't play the entire year for the Alouettes, the impact that he has made and you're seeing it you know, it's like a butterfly effect like the, with him playing and bringing up the defensive line and making making them play better as a result i mean that that to me is outstanding uh wesley sutton has been outstanding this year as well he's definitely been a, a major playmaker mark antoine de Croix, of course has been on another level but tyrese beverett i think you talk about consistency like just consistently good and just constantly improving, constantly almost trying to better himself and just being a major force. Like, like this guy, he 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 is such a playmaker. There, there's no question about that. Does a lot of the dirty things, does a lot of the, you know, the, the like you see him in the trenches. He's working yeah. hard and he he makes plays happen. He makes turnovers happen. And he's been able to profit from a couple, turning a couple of fumbles into touchdowns. Uh, that quarterback sack against Edmonton. Like, I mean, he just ragdolled <laughs> uh, Trey Ford. I mean, like, and he does things like that. Like he get he gets in the quarterback's grill and makes his life miserable. I mean, like he is, I would say the most complete defensive player that the Alouettes have. And I guess that is probably what makes him outstanding more than anything else. Because again, you, you can make a, a, a nomination for any number of the defensive players. Like the guys that I just mentioned, for example, you could have made an argument for any of those guys and mm-hmm. I'd go along with it. But Tyrese, I think, has like when when you talk about the complete package, like the, like the guy that does pretty much everything. That's what Tyrese is, and quite frankly, I think that this this is a very solid nomination. Obviously, not unanimous because of the other the, the other players that I mentioned. But when you look at the entire body of work, what Beverett's been able to do in twenty twenty three, and you saw it the year before as well. Like he 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 was a a major playmaker as well towards the end of the season last year, and it just continued on into 2023 and yeah, he truly has been a force this year. There's, there's no question in my mind. Like when you look at everything that Tyrese Beverett has done in 2023, it's very easy to say, yeah, that really is outstanding what he's been able to do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I got a feeling he would be the reason why he didn't get a, you know, a unanimous nod. We'll probably, you know, I said like uh, Dequan and uh, some of the others. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's it, it's tough trying to choose a guy to be your most outstanding player when you you've only been here for you haven't been here for the entire season. Yeah, but that that you know that comes up every year too, though. Cliff is that if if you're really that good, even if you've been hurt, you know, 
it, it does give, you know, it, it, if you can give credit to the person no matter what, sure. But I, again, uh, this is, to me, this is the only one I probably could have flip-flopped on. But uh, that, that's, you know, that's just, that's just me. But, uh, you know, good on, good on for Tyrese getting to get this nod. Yeah, like you, you, you wouldn't be mad at necessarily at the other players that I had mentioned. Like you could, as I said, you can make a solid case for those guys as well. But Tyrese is like, when you think about everything that has happened this year defensively, he's been in that mix. He has been a part of that more often than not. I mean, that's when you talk about the entire packet, like the complete package, mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to with Tyrese Beverett. And yeah, ultimately, yeah. yeah, not, not again, it is so hard with his defense to say unanimously that he's the nominee or anyone really. So, but I definitely think without question, Tyrese is a very, very good candidate and someone too, that I, I truly would not be mad to see advance to the next round to be the Eastern representative for most outstanding defensive player. Yeah. People need to remember, I mean, we're, we're, we're we still have one game to go, dude. He has 85 defensive tackles, 17 on special teams, seven sacks. Yeah. That right there. That's it. That, that right there. You can't, you, you again, yeah. Stats, stats that that back this up. We're talking about yep. a, a, the the player who, um, you know, there's only one player who got a unanimous selection, and I'm I'm pretty spot on about. I think I'm pretty spot on about this, and just based on his his current pedigree this year, uh, the most outstanding Canadian for the Alouettes. Uh, the nomination went to Marc Antoine Ducroix, and for Ducroix. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there are we got some great Canadians on this team, but out of all the Canadians that we currently have on the roster, yeah, uh, Dequa is he's the one that really stood out, and he, he's well deserved to get the unanimous nod. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There are some really talented Canadians on this roster. There's no question about that. But Dequa is head, shoulders, chest, waist. He's that much above. <laughs> those players shoulders knees and toes i mean he he truly is he's in a tier all by himself to tell you the truth when it comes to this like the canadian talent on this team is absolutely great but dequa really truly has been that guy all year Mm -hmm. long i mean he's he has been like a, a major star on this defense he has made plays happen he he has really won people over i again i i think everybody in alouette's nation Loved him because of the fact he's from Quebec. He's a homegrown talent. He he was a star at the University of Montreal, and playing for his hometown team. Like you know, you, you want that's the guy you want to hitch your your wagon to, as yeah. far as like the star goes. But and he's embraced it. Like he he's become that guy. He has become the the guy that you can market and you can build around. And you can see that the team has done that. And it's all well and good to have that. And Truthfully, I don't feel like it's gone to his head. I don't think he, I think he accepts that he has to be that guy, like the guy that they can market around. But at the same time, his play on the field speaks for itself. And he truly, like he, like league wide, people are recognizing just how dangerous he is as, as far as free safety goes. Like he, he has truly been a heat seeking missile. I mean, the, the speed of this guy, just, oh yeah, it, it, it's incredible. I mean, like he, 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 there are times though where, he, that speed kills like he, he goes to make a tackle and he's gone so fast that he's blown right past his target. I mean, okay. The, the return but in it, Ottawa, the return in Ottawa. That's a good example. <laughs> well, that's exactly like, like he, 
if you didn't know better, you would have swore he had a, a rocket up his ass. To, like that's how fast he was going. <laughs> so it, with taking that what was what was one hundred and five or one hundred nine yards back. That that, uh, uh, that pick six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a one hundred eight. It's one hundred eight. One hundred eight or one hundred nine. But yeah, but still. In any, in any event, I mean, like that was just one of his five interceptions. Two pick sixes this year. One in Ottawa. One in Winnipeg. I, the guy, the guy's just a phenomenal, phenomenal defensive player. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's Canadian is just like the cherry on top as far as developing Canadian talent. Like this is what, like when you talk about U sports and you talk about the CFL draft and how important it is to help develop these young Canadians, it's the quad that they're talking about when it comes to fostering that talent. Like again, someone born and raised in Quebec played as university football here. Like he, this isn't a guy that went down to the NCAA and got, own there like he 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 got he was able to polish his skills there no he he did it here in canada and was good enough to get invited to the green bay packers training camp mm-hmm. or, or or at least go go to a couple of mini camps for them like there's no question the guy's got talent there, there absolutely is no question like and just a perfect fit for the canadian football league and he has proven it he, he has stepped up to the challenge each and every time he definitely is a recognizable player you see a lot of 24 jerseys a lot of the quad jerseys out there and this year i mean if there was ever just a little bit of doubt and i'd be the first i'll be the first to admit it last year i felt okay this guy really is getting a lot of hype and hasn't quite lived up to it just yet not this year this year he he's proven he is worth the hype he is worth the price of admission alone like he has won me over as far as like when i when i talk about how talented this alouette's defense is Dequa is one of the first names that i will bring up just for his playmaking ability the way he sees the field that blistering speed. I mean, there, there's so many incredible things to like about this guy and just a true representative of Canadian football. I mean, again, with no disrespect intended at all for the other Canadian players on this roster. I mean, Marc-Antoine Decroix truly is that guy. He is truly head and shoulders, everything above else and definitely deserves to be a unanimous pick for most outstanding Canadian. And, uh-huh. and just may, and just may be, I honestly think he will be their Eastern representative for for the uh, yep. most outstanding Canadian. I agree with you on that one too. It, it, it just sucks that he has to go up against Brady Oliver because there is no way in hell that Brady Oliver does not win most outstanding Canadian, which again, if you're going to come in second place, that's the guy to come in second place to. It just sucks for Dequa because I truly think Dequa will be that guy. He will be the Eastern nominee, but we won't talk too about bad. West. We won't talk about West bias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, runner-up to a Luau Uguac for Canadian, you think, in your opinion? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Luau I mean, Uguac. Unless you can think of another Canadian on the team. Oh, there's several. I mean, like I said, it, it'd be criminal to start naming them because, yeah, they've all been mm-hmm. good contributors. They've all been Fair. solid. Yeah, Luau especially because yeah. his first year as well. and But again, when you talk about like true Canadian talent, like again, the is everything that you want in a most outstanding Canadian nominee. And to get a unanimous, yeah, to, to get any, you know, any a unanimous vote. Yeah. I mean, it says it right there. Offensive linemen. Um, I think this is very funny considering what happened just a couple of weeks ago. I uh, are for the Alouettes. Uh, our nominee is uh, Pierre Olivier Lestage. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, people don't remember what happened last week. Two weeks ago, he got ejected. So we still don't know the full story behind that, by the way, but still. <laughs> and we probably never will. And that's unfortunate. But like I said, I, I sincerely hope it was just something that just... <laughs> I, I think he'd just as soon forget about it, too, to tell you the truth. I think it's mm -hmm. like, okay, you know what? It happened. It sucked. He learned his lesson. He got dinged for it. You know, time to move on. That, you know, Yeah, was he fined? Past. I never looked. Was he fined? Yes, he was. Okay. I, I don't remember yeah. looking at the at the, uh, at the the fine report, so, okay. Yeah, um, he was fined. Uh, Tyson Philpott and Austin Mack were fined for that uh, uh, couch popcorn celebration in Edmonton. You, you called that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, sorry it, you, you can't have fun i mean if you can't crush a beer after scoring a touchdown and not get dinged i mean i'm sorry jumping on jumping on a couch and uh throwing popcorn in your face uh, like you're you're you know you're at home celebrating can't do that either yeah you're gonna it, it's gonna cost you a few bucks mm -hmm. yeah but it's funny because I, I initially initially i thought it was just uh Tyson that was in on that but apparently austin too he he jumped on the couch and yeah, he, he joined the party as well. So, yeah, he gets dinged too. Like, man, I mean, be, between being ejected for uh, an open hit, an open handed punch and then celebrating with his uh, teammate, man, we got to start a GoFundMe for Austin or something. Maybe that's why he was. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's the reason why he was the most outstanding nom because, like, okay, maybe if there's, a, if there's any sort of cash reward, there's any sort of possibility you can that. Use that to help pay your fines because, dude, you are getting dinged left, right, and center. Like yeah, your pocketbook no is taking a hit. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, any thoughts on uh, Lestage getting the nod? Well, it's funny because I think about when I think about this defensive line. I mean, a lot of talent. There truly is, and, and and it didn't start off well. Everybody knows how much we went into the fact that how many sacks that we were that we gave up within the first four or five games. Way too many. But it it, yeah. it it settled down. It settled it hit, down. It settled down. And you can even go so far as to say, like, well, when Fajardo gets sacked, it's because he decided to go into business for himself as opposed to his offensive line failing him. If anything, they've given him a heck of a lot more time and space to work with in the pocket than, than in the, like the first few matches this year. Yeah. So you, you, you really couldn't blame... The offensive line if cody was getting sacked still i mean at this point like cody's gonna own up a little bit and it's like yeah that the, the couple of those sacks that's on me that's on me like you know it, it is what it is but when i look at this offensive line i mean a lot of talent there, there really is a lot of talent uh everybody's been very good it, it's hard to really say someone had been outstanding though i mean mm -hmm. ultimately lestage is a very good pick because a lot of these guys have been very good. Uh, I mean, Justin Lawrence, Landon Rice, uh, even Christian Matt. I mean, like the, uh, these guys have all done extremely well this year. Uh, they've all done very, very good things. Uh, it's still hard to really pinpoint anything outstanding other than the fact that, you know, keeping Fajardo upright. I mean, that, that in itself, especially when you look at the first part of the year compared to now, that in and of itself, I guess, can be considered outstanding. Uh, Lestage has been really good, though. I mean, he's been a, a solid presence at guard. Uh, definitely has worked very hard and proved himself to be a very, very solid player this year. Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of a tough category because it's not like there's one particular instance where you can say that one particular guy was like, oh, yeah, that's him. That's the guy right there that was outstanding. 
Valuable would be a different story, though, because I, I look at Landon Rice. I could probably, if had he not gotten hurt, you could make the argument for him. I think he yeah. has truly been a valuable asset for the Alouettes. Outstanding. It's kind of hard to be outstanding when, unfortunately, you're on the six-game injured list. So that's that would that would be a very tough sell at that point to me. Um, again, you could probably make the if I was going to make, make a, a real argument, it would have to be for either Lestage, Lawrence, or Nick Callender, even. But I mean, I I think Lestage is a very safe pick. I mean, again, a Canadian player as well. So I mean, like when we were talking earlier about most outstanding Canadians, I mean. I wouldn't say that Lestage was outstanding, but definitely very, very good. I mean, but of course, it's not the most very good offensive <laughs> line. It's most outstanding. Would I? Can I? Can I say without conviction that Pierre Olivier Stage is outstanding? I can't, and I'm not saying it to be insulting. It's just a matter of very good. Like it's all of these guys, I think, have been very good. It, it was rough, uh, you know, a little rough to start the year off, but this this offensive line has found its form and has done a very good job of keeping their quarterback upright, creating holes for the running backs, uh, just offering the protection needed in order to get play, make plays happen. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at the, the Lestage uh, nomination. I, again, I, I think the other linemen have done bigger things and have been more noticeable this year, but I think for the Alouettes, I think Lestage would be a very, very good representative. So I'm not mad at this at all. This, this is the next one, which is the most outstanding special teams player. Something that's usually dominated by a returner, usually for the Alouettes, at least over the past couple of years. Uh, th- this year, we we gave it to, to Joseph Zima. It was given to Joseph Zima. I mean, it's mm-hmm. um, very surprising that you would te- mean, you give it to a punter. Very surprising. That, but... You think about the issues that we had over the return game this year. You know, there are limitations in a, in a way of who you can actually give the award to. But I'm, you know, David Cote was near the end of the year, you know, a little yippy. I think, I think that was the term that you were using. Um, but I, I'm, I'm okay. As I said, usually I, I'm for, for one of the, for the first time in a while, I'm you know I'm sad that it's not one of our returners, but we our returners really did not have a very good year, so I'm I'm okay with Zima getting it, but you know for punter, okay. Hey, if they're gonna give it to a punter, can they, can they give it to Jeshwin Antwi? <laughs> right. I mean, as far as outstanding punters go, I mean he only had one, but it was outstanding. So yeah, I know by default. You you could you could make an argument, <laughs> a, a bit of a tough argument, but you can make an argument for Joshua Antwi as well. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, I'm I not, mean, forty-seven point four yards per punt. He does have a booming kick. He has been consistent all year. Um, you know, even with with all the issues that the Owls had uh, early on with scoring t- uh, scoring offensive touchdowns, but he's been he's been pretty. He's been consistent, so I'm I'm okay with it. But again, ho- hopefully next year, hopefully next year we'll be able to get back to what's what's you know the norm and have one of our returners listed as the as the the norm. But I'm okay with Zima. Yeah, it is it is unfortunate because yeah, you, you take a look at the return game this year, and Chandler Worthy has been good when he's played, but 
hasn't really exploded like we had expected him to. And, and then he goes on the sixth game. Well, that's it. Injury bug hits, and you know that sometimes that that just happens. That's that's football for you, unfortunately. David Cote, yeah, when he's good, he's very good. But when he has those, like, I don't know what's in his head this year, but a lot of those mental miscues have really come back to bite the Alouettes hard, and it's 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 tough. I I, I feel for the guy because I, you see the efforts there when he when he's on, absolutely outstanding. When he's but when he's off, yikes. I mean, it's it's that risk or reward, I guess you can call it. And we've been lucky that it really has not come back to bite us in the ass. I mean, especially during this, the, it, a lot of it has occurred during the Alouettes' current four-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, no. With, uh, as, was... as we joked and as we joked and as we joked in in Ottawa, September's over. <laughs> it's October. It is. So, yes. <laughs> so let's just let's let's you know. So again, I, I don't know if maybe the two weeks off was, you know, was from Altos being in, in the starting lineup was a test or was a break. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that because uh, as we'll talk about uh, after our interview and preview the, the game coming up, uh, uh, he's back. He needs to say he's back practicing. So, yeah. And that's it. So, yeah, I, I am perfectly fine with Zima getting the nomination. He definitely has been outstanding, I think. I think, as you said, booming leg. He's done a great job flipping the field for the Alouettes, uh, making mm-hmm. making opposing quarterbacks have to work in order to score on, on their you know, ensuing drives. Uh, um, you know, he ha- ha- he's even scored a couple of rushes, which is nice. Uh, coffin corner kicks. Uh, he hasn't had too many of those, but there's been a couple times where he's been able to pin opposing uh, players deep, which is great. And, just, and and no uh, no return for no returns for touchdowns on any of his punts. No, and that, again, that's I think that's one to, stat. That's one stat. I think people need to remember too. So based off yeah. of cover, based off of the special teams coverage, and obviously off of his punts, he's done what he needs to do. And let's not forget his outstanding defensive play when it came to uh, in Ottawa. The, that's, uh, what, that's what he got the, it for. Come on, the Kung Fu Kung Kicker, Fu- baby! Yeah, <laughs> Kung Fu Zima was <laughs> Kung Fu Kicker. I love it. Yeah, that yeah. that that's what nailed it. That's what sealed it for him right there. I, I think that's what it was. I I think that that one play alone, I, I was like, okay, that's our guy. That's our, our that that was our <laughs> outstanding special team. That was an outstanding special teams play. I mean, that, that was that wow. was breaking. That was breaking T shirt worthy. That would, that, but it wasn't made. That would have made a shirt for sure. So give me, I'll give you my money right away, <laughs> right away. Uh, and lastly, for the Alouettes, uh, most outstanding rookie. Th- this was, I'm sure, we had so many rookies on this team. You know, uh, awesome Akasai, which we would give uh, the award as uh, uh, best first year player. Here we go. Here we go. Best that was first- a thing. Yeah, best first-year player. Um, this gentleman also happens to be uh, our uh, interview this week, which we'll be getting to in a little bit, uh, very shortly, actually. Uh, but most outstanding rookie nod this year, Cliff, goes to somebody, a gentleman we've been talking about for quite a while, Reggie Stubblefield. Yeah, and what a story. Just his story alone makes makes such a great case for most outstanding rookie 
of the and I'll I'll go so far as to say for the entire league. Yeah, I agree. I, it's it's book worthy. It, it's it, Disney. It's Disney. Disney should be making this movie. It, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, kid comes in to his first training camp, gets cut on the final day. Truly was a numbers game. You know that that would for a lot of kids. That's where the dream dies. That's where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I, I try. If I, if I, again, it's that mentality, right? Well, if I can't make it in the CFL, then I guess I'm not that good a football player and I'll go work a regular job. No, no, Reggie was not, he was not having that. He's like, okay, I'll show you. I, I'm, I'm going to stay ready because you're going to be calling me. And sure enough, yeah. a couple injuries pop up. <laughs> Reggie's back in, back in Montreal and you knew he was going to make every effort. He was not going to waste the opportunity. And sure enough, this kid has just been absolutely lights out. Just playmaking ability, like just making things happen. Just absolutely outstanding. Week after week after week, he has been truly on fire. Like he, he I mean, that's not to say the other rookies that were nominated haven't been great. I mean, you look at Tyler Sneed, you look at Lowell Ugalak. Like these are guys that you could make arguments for these guys as well as far for as sure. most outstanding rookie. And any other year, they would have been a runaway candidate. But what for what Reggie has done this year on the field, like my goodness, like he he really has earned that nomination. And factor in his story, factor in what it took, like the 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 journey basically from training camp that that final day and being cut to where we are today, as we are about to enter the playoff picture. Exactly, it's it, it's phenomenal. I mean, as yeah. I said, Disney can easily do a. a a movie about this it, it's, and he it's did it crazy. in 12 games 12 games 37 defensive tackles three on special teams three sacks um knockdown passes galore etc cetera, etc cetera. and i know as you as we were saying before there's a story to it cliff so uh, before we give any more away sir go ahead and lead us into this interview that we had with reggie Hundred percent. It was such a treat to talk to this young man, and you know we we've been following him. We've been following the story pretty much from training camp on. Like we we were made aware. Like you got to you got to keep an eye on this guy. This you got something special here. And sure enough, like from what we've seen already, it is outstanding and truly. We haven't even scratched the surface of what this young man can do. And so excited. We're so honored to be able to have him on the podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. It is our absolute pleasure to bring on the one, the only, number 35 for the Montreal Alouettes, Reggie Stubblefield. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined this evening by number 35 of the Montreal Alouettes, Reggie Stubblefield, who, as of today, is the official most outstanding rookie nominee for the Canadian Football League, as far as the Alouettes go. Reggie, welcome to the Alouettes Flight Deck, and... We are so excited to have you on tonight, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So first and foremost, congratulations are definitely in order. Most outstanding rookie nom. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing stuff. How, how, how are you feeling about that right now? Well, I'm happy to win the award. Uh, it means a lot, uh, especially considering how the beginning of my year started. And then now... Uh, a lot of hard work and uh, dedication and staying focused and just doing what I needed to do to do my best to be an impact to the team. 
So uh, it means a lot, and uh, I'm happy about the award nomination. Well, obviously, it's funny. It's how we wanted to to talk with you because, you know, you you have had, if nobody could write the story that you've had this year, Reggie, at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gone from I'm sure so many highs and so many lows, and we want to get into that. But first thing I wanted to ask you was, when it when it came to becoming a part of the Montreal Alouettes and the CFL, how did that process go? Had you heard of the CFL before? Who who contacted you to to get you to say, hey, you know what? Montreal's looking to to join to add you to the team. Yeah, so uh, Coach Burr, Coach Byron, our special teams coach, was the first one to reach out to me, and then from there uh, I spoke to our head coach, Coach Moss, and uh, I had been knowing about the CFL a little bit, but never watched it too much and understood all the rules that the game came with. But uh, I was aware, and uh, I wanted to take opportunity and a chance to play professional football again, and then to come up all the way to Canada from Texas, and uh, just give it another shot uh, of it, a pro career, and then just make the most out of it. Now, let's get into the process of you coming to Montreal. Uh, because, like I said, this story is just absolutely incredible. I mean, you, you really couldn't write this. If you're a Hollywood writer, come up with this and be like, get the hell out of here. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of my teammates said. That's crazy. That's crazy. But let's 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 go. You, you get invited to training camp. You go. You go. You put it on. You put it on film. You you do everything right, and then mm-hmm. they bring you in last day, and they tell you, "Man, you, you did great, but we got to let you go." Take us through that yeah. process. Well, uh, it was also more so too, like when I was uh, in my exit meeting with uh, a head coach and a scouting uh, director. I didn't want to say their names, but uh, they told me, man, I basically was the last cut, and it was a tough decision. And if anything happens, I will be the first guy called back. And uh, something did happen, and uh, they stuck on their word, and they brought me back sooner than I thought. So, uh, man, the emotions were being cut, though. It sucked because I really wanted to be Alouette. Uh, I really wanted to play in the Canadian League, and I wanted to have, like I said earlier, uh, another chance at a pro career. So it was just like, I don't know, it sucked. Like, it was heartbreaking, honestly. Because, like, I put a good body of work throughout camp. Uh, like, the film was great. A lot of other teams actually wanted me, but I just decided to come back to Montreal, a place I was familiar with. Oh, that, oh yeah, that's interesting. You know, and we're not surprised, though, either, Reggie, because, you know, we were there actually in Trois-Rivières. We saw you in camp. We saw what you did during practice and during the, you know, the scrimmage, obviously. So, um okay. Yeah, I mean, it's so. Did you end up heading home after they cut you, or did they say, "Hold on, stay close. We ha- we, we have a nah. plan for you." Nah, I was on a one way flight back home. <laughs> I was on a one way flight back home. Uh, I went to Texas, but uh, I believed in what some of my coaches were saying, and uh, like I said, the scouting guy, and uh, I trusted them. I went back home, put my head down, and went to work every single day, like in the morning, afternoon. I was grinding hard. But I did start applying for jobs, not going to lie about that, because, I mean, ain't getting no money here, so I had to get some money somewhere. So uh, I was just about, actually about to go to, like, some job interviews, and then they called me that day. I was like, okay, never mind. Was it for any interesting jobs, like, uh, or was it, like, DoorDash or something like that? What? Nah, it was, uh, it was honestly just some get, get on your feet, you know, just make some money 
type jobs. I was about to work at a grocery store. Probably was going to be bagging groceries. And then at night, I was going to be working at like an Amazon delivering packages. So just so just start my feet. Uh, in the off season, I coach and teach, but I just didn't want to invest all my time back into a high school program or a classroom and have to leave those kids again like I did when I came to Canada. So let's take some easy jobs. <laughs> <laughs> they always tell you stay ready, right? So you, mm -hmm. know, this is very, yeah. you never know when the phone's going to ring. So it's, I guess that's what it was. Was just like you said, you got to make money, but at the same time, you want to make sure that at the drop of a hat, you're, you're ready to go. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad I didn't do that job interview. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically go from, uh, and I wanted to curious to know what you thought about what your thought was on uh, Troy Vier for training camp versus because then you get called from Mon you you call back to the team and you're coming to Montreal. What, what what was it like between the two different type of cities? Because I mean, I know Texas. I mean, it's it, it can be big city or small town, but it's, what, what was it, what was it like for you at, at training camp versus uh, coming to Montreal for the very first time? Yeah, so leading up to signing to Montreal for camp, I mean, all you heard about was the city, and those were the places that I would look up on YouTube, try to find some vlogs about and stuff like that. And then they say, oh, we're going to Three Rivers for training camp. I'm like, okay, what's Three Rivers? And then I get out there, and it's quiet. <laughs> like, it's quiet. It looks like that's where people probably stay for retirement, just chill, relax, and a couple colleges. So I guess people go there for school, get good education and all that, but... From there, then I get called back to go to Montreal, and I'm like, okay, I see the difference. <laughs> I see what they was talking about. It's a big city. It's fun. People are always active, walking around, and so many places to go and see and good foods to eat. So it was night and day. It was crazy. Yeah. What, what part of the uh, the city are you currently in? Are you with a roommate yourself, or are you, or are you a place by yourself? Uh, no, I'm in a place by myself, but, uh, yeah, I'm downtown. So, okay. Uh, Pretty around the city, pretty good. Okay, okay. Got gotten used to the the metro and 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 just the different ways to get around to the big O and, and over to Personal Molson and stuff like that. Yeah, because I was confused at first because everything was in French, so I'm still working on my French language. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm pretty good. Go to practice hey. and come home. <laughs> Dude, uh, as we've told all players that we've had here on the show, is that even if you just say. You know, as simple as bonjour or como ça va, that, make, that means the most to the fans because they know that you are willing to learn the language to play here in Montreal. And that's all you need, man. That's really all you need. Okay. So. Yeah, but, yeah. I coach preachers that a lot about learning French language and stuff like that, so. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your time with the Alouettes so far. I mean, like, you, you've the minute you got on the field like i got the feeling that you were you got a second chance and you were you're going to make the most of it and boy have you ever i mean could you have even imagined what you've been able to do this year as far as your first year goes in the canadian football league yeah i really did honestly like that's why i hurt so much when i got cut cuz i was like i was going to dominate like when i got up here i signed to play a position that i was familiar with in college and uh just once I got adapted to the game through camp, I was like, you know, I just can't wait for the first regular season game. And that time never came. But, you know, once I got out there, I took my opportunity and ran with it. All right. Were you, what's been your biggest highlight so far? Like, what's the one place or play that you've had that's just been like, okay, I've officially arrived in this league? A play that I felt like I officially arrived? <laughs> 
I can I give you mine and, and and see what you think, but okay, okay, yeah, I would like to hear both of y'all, but I ain't gonna lie, right. uh, I was hearing a lot about Toronto and uh the running backs, uh a well known, probably a Hall of Fame running back, Harris, and then uh mm-hmm. Olette. And uh it's actually I don't know, it's hard, but I remember I hit Harris like on the check down screen. I just he was hurt. I think he probably been hurt since. I mean, I hate it. Don't want to wish injuries on nobody, but it was a big hit. And I was just like, okay, I'm here. Like, I guess Toronto one of the best teams in the league. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me give you mine for you. Uh, it would be uh, uh-huh. the first time you guys played in Ottawa. Uh, it was Caleb Evans with the comeback win. You had that uh-huh. game-sealing interception. To me, that was yeah. the the moment. I mean, that, that hit you were talking about on Harris? Yeah, that was kind of like a – Oh yeah, I've arrived moment, but to me, like that was like to, to close out the game, and it was a hell of a yeah, battle yeah. from you guys. But you yeah. had that ceiling pick, and you should have taken it to the house, dude. But yeah, I should have. <laughs> I it's all good. I should have. I, I, I remember. I think I messaged you about it too. It hit me yeah, up. yeah, yeah. But I seen uh, somebody didn't block their man behind me, so I'm like, okay, I would hate for a receiver to come behind me and knock it out. Like, let me just go ahead and get down. But that game meant a lot. That was an emotional game. Uh, I had just lost one of my best friends. I call him my brother uh, from college. The uh, day of the game, I had bounced out like 30 minutes before. So for me to catch the game winning, sending an interception, that was crazy. That was lit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man, that was crazy. That is crazy. That was, but... Yeah, that was just, that was God for me. Like, I'm big in my religion and my faith, and I just felt like it's crazy. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that's a good play. That's definitely up there, too. That's in my top three. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, that's, I think, where a lot of people are starting to take notice of you and just, Week after week after week, you have just been, as far as I'm concerned, you're killing it out there. It, it's it's an absolutely incredible what we've seen from you so far. Yes, sir. So, so, so I was going to ask you. So obviously, we talked about earlier today that you were you know you were named the Alouettes nominee for uh, Rookie of the Year. Who told you, and uh, what was your initial reaction? Uh, our reporter. Uh, Francis, uh, at the practice, he uh, gives us all the news, and uh, he named everybody that was nominated. So uh, once they called my name off, uh, I was really kind of, like, nervous because I feel like there's a lot of rookies on our team that could have won it. Like, I feel like we had a real good rookie class. So I know I've been vouching for it, you know, speaking about numbers and all that, and also rooting for the other rookies on my team that could have got it. But I was just happy, blessed, uh, testament of the hard work, and it seems like – other people are also noticing, so it feels good. No, without question, and it's true. I mean, you talk about like Tyler Sneed, Lawal Ugalak. Like these are guys that I, you, I'm sure, like you won. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't. But it had to have been by the slimmest of margins. And it's not a, a knock on any of the, any of these guys. It's just a matter of like the work that you've done has. You know, you see what they can do, and you see what Tyler's been able to do, what Lawal's been able to do. Like, like these, like you really couldn't lose anyways. But I mean, I think with. The nomination of you just shows like the hard work that you put in the story that you've had to tell this year really yeah. speaks volumes and my man i mean i'm telling you right now like this is only gonna get bigger for you as as the the season comes to a close and we get into the great cup playoffs and that like you still got a lot of story to tell yeah for sure i got a lot left i got a lot of goals i want to reach i want to really get like a triple crown is what i call it i want to get the great cup and then hopefully get an all-star nomination or like an mvp of the great cup so I got a lot of big goals on my list. I believe so, and I appreciate it because those guys on my team, the rookies, like Blue Wall and Sneed, like we talk all the time about if anybody gets it, hopefully it's 
one of us, and we go out there and win it for the whole, you know, Montreal, Alouettes, you know, fan base and everybody. So I appreciate it for sure. Now, obviously, the, the next step is to get that Eastern nod, and uh, Cliffy and I are expecting you to get that Eastern nod. So we would love to see you on, uh, ob obviously, on uh, on awards day there in Niagara Falls to see you you and whoever your Western opponent may be, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to see you there potentially picking, picking up some hardware. So it's uh, uh, we're rooting for you, Reggie. We really are. Yeah, I hope so. I appreciate it, man. I uh, really do want to be at that award show. It'll be my first one, major one. And uh, I know it's going to be tough coming out the East, but hopefully everybody look back at the film and look at back at those games, especially at the opponents and guys that probably are in the East that can win that award. And, you know, they vouch for me. So we'll see. All right. As you know, we've got the playoffs coming up. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Montreal is going to be hosting the Eastern semifinal. How jacked are you knowing that you're going to be playing your first playoff game in professional football against your hometown fans and everybody that's going to be rooting for you? Talk to us about those feelings. Yeah. I'm trying to stay focused on the uh, the game this week. So I've got to oh. keep all my emotions in, bottled up for that one. But <laughs> I can really answer it because, like, next week, like, I'm still feeling this way. Like, I approach every game the same. But it does. I mean, I don't think I think people be lying to you if they tell you like your first playoff game it's not gonna feel or hit a little different. So like I'm excited, I'm jacked up, like it's gonna be a whole lot of emotions. I'm gonna put on the show. Like, that's how I feel. Okay, uh, one, one question I wanted to ask you: How weird is it? You know, in all your time in playing football, have you ever played a team back to back <laughs> from the regular season into the playoffs? Yeah, yeah never. I hear a lot of bets <laughs> on our uh, team. They bad at how they, I guess they scheduled the season. So I'm like, man, we've been doing this all year against teams, so it's probably gonna be a little different. But get them at least we get them back to back at home. So mm -hmm. yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, from. From what from what I'm hearing, Reggie, about the crowd for the uh, for the Eastern semifinal, it it's it's gonna potentially go more than what what the home opener was. Uh, so it's it's gonna be loud there at Purple Molson <laughs> for you guys. So yeah, well I don't know what the home opener was. <laughs> I know, I know that's the thing. <laughs> but I hope it is. I hope it is about twenty five thousand. I didn't see think twenty thousand. So hopefully like yeah. twenty five thirty. Would be you nice. never know, man. I mean, especially too, you you show up this week, uh, you, you you make that statement that to finish off the regular season on a good note, go into that Eastern mm -hmm. semifinal. You're playing them again, so you you get a chance to see what's what's doing with them. But uh, man, I'm telling you what, this is this is an exciting time for all of us. I'd say in LOS Nation. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, Reggie. We've taken up more than enough of your time, but uh, just wanted to let you know that we've appreciated everything that you've done for us this year in Alouette's Nation. We, you know, the fans love you. Everything is, is is coming up for you, and we couldn't be happier for you. Couldn't be more proud of the the journey that you've been on and what you've been able to accomplish. This has been nothing short of incredible. And guess what? It's not over yet. <laughs> for sure. I hope it ain't. I don't want to leave my trail. <laughs> I thank y'all for real, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Man, this place has been incredible. So yeah, for sure. All right. Before we let you go, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh Twitter. I forgot my Twitter handle. That's crazy. <laughs> but Instagram too. Uh just Reggie Stubblefield. You type it in. Something will probably pop up. So hopefully it does. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Reggie Stubblefield. Right. Uh 
Instagram. Just put an underscore. So, yeah. Thank you, man. All right. Don't worry. We'll, we'll post the links for everybody so that they can give you the follow, <laughs> show you the love. <laughs> Reggie, Thank you, thanks again for joining us. We definitely appreciate you here at the Yellowwoods Flight Deck. And uh, just be great. Keep up the good stuff. And uh, we will see you on yes, Saturday. I got you. Yeah, it's going to be a show on Saturday. I guarantee you that. All right. Good dude. Good dude. And uh, he, I want some of those wings that he was having tonight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Wing Wednesday was such a thing for us going going to college or Sejap, if you will. Yeah. And, and I don't think, I don't think it was said before, too. And he was having, he was out with his teammates. He was having dinner. He took time out of his dinner and he was having dinner with his teammates, which yep. is, Amazing in itself. Amazing in itself. So, no, and I think that just speaks to the kind of quality person that he is. That, yeah, he wants. You know, he he's all about the team bonding. He wants to develop that that brotherhood, that that camaraderie with his with his coworkers, essentially. But still, took the time out to come and chat with us, which truly appreciated. I mean, like I said, folks. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks upon weeks now. I mean, if you're not on the Reggie Stubblefield bandwagon. What the hell are you waiting for? Get your 35 jersey. Get get on board with this dude. I mean, holy cow. This guy, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now, just like we did with Tyson Philpott last year. Mm -hmm. He will be the Eastern nominee for most outstanding rookie. Okay. And don't be surprised if we see him in Niagara Falls at the CFL Awards yeah. and just watch oh. him take the whole damn thing. Also, uh, if you want to see what Cliff and I did uh, in video format of the actual interview, this is one of those ones that we felt it was it was video worthy. So stay tuned. Make sure you check all of our socials and uh, uh, the interview with Reggie will be up on uh, on YouTube uh, in the very, very near future. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, it's funny. The game itself this week. No lines that I could find. You and I, and I'm, I was trying to go back in, in, in the history to, to remember the last time that we had a, a glorified preseason game. That's what this is going to be. But, I mean, if you, if you watch the, the, scrum, you know, the scrum today with Coach Kevin, uh, with uh, uh, Coach Moss, Jason Moss, um, Cody's going to be playing. At least a quarter, I think he said. You're going to get some of the other guys, and, and and he brings up a very good point. And I know we're looking at it throughout the year with all the other teams like Toronto and Winnipeg. You know, he has said it's tough. In the CFL, it really is tough to sit starters based mm -hmm. off of the ratio, based off of the juggling that has to be done. It's tough to do. And I think for the Alouettes, really – it's because of the current situation that we have with the amount of people that we have on, uh, that we've had on the sixth game all year. Mm -hmm. So I, I can get it. Um, you know, still it's a 4 PM game on, on Saturday. Uh, looks like the weather, it, it, weather's going to hold out. It may not be sunny at least as of yet, but still looks to be in the, in the mid teens. It's better than the weather. We just missed at Edmonton. Oi. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel for yeah. our guys. I feel for our guys over at the turf district. So I mean, it's yeah, minus 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 twelve, and snow. Oof. Yikes! Um, but do not like. Yeah. So it's. I understand that for there are still some things that have to be done. Uh, you know, 
Cody is this shy from getting 4,000. Uh, Austin Max still wants to, as, he, as we mentioned before, he wants to try to get, get enough yardage to uh, lead the league in, in receiving yards. Yep. Um, uh, very slim chance, but uh, unless he goes off, uh, William Stambeck is close-ish to 1,000. Um, uh, also, the Alouettes are one defensive touchdown away from tying the team record. Ooh. They have nine this year. They're trying to set. They're trying to tie the record of ten, which is mind blowing in itself. Too. It just just goes to show you. We're talking about defense and how good the, these guys have just been on the ball year. Yep. So, yep. but but again, it, it's a it's a glorified preseason game. We I would not expect I wouldn't I would expect to see all three quarterbacks. You know, Caleb Evans and uh, uh, Davis Alexander. All. Oh, absolutely. So, and because they're coming wow. off of a bye week, that's the thing too. Weird week coming off of a bye, meaningless game. But I'm trying to remember the last time that we had such a meaningless game like this. I, it was versus, was it versus Toronto last year? Yeah, mm, that's right. No, but, but home game, oh, home game, uh, yeah, home where it, literally the last game of the year was a home game. Oh, gosh, and it, meant, and it meant nothing. I think it was Toronto a few years back. I'm trying to remember. I think we, I think we lost. It was pre COVID, it was pre COVID, obviously. So, I, I think so. I, and yeah, in, in any event, it's, it's been a while. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the way the schedule worked out. I mean, it's, it's funny because had things gone differently as far as like, for example, if the tiger cats were able to beat the lions two weeks ago and the LOS lose to Edmonton, all of a sudden, you know, then you'd be, you'd be paying attention. And all of a sudden this, this game would be for all the marbles essentially, but lo and behold, it's the way the schedule worked out. It's the way, Luck worked out as far as uh, BC winning on a field goal and Montreal just coming back and, and beating the Edmonton Elks the way it was to solidify second place. And yeah, we're, I, I got a feeling this, this particular game is going to be as vanilla and inoffensive as possible. Like you're not going to see any secrets. You're not going to see any, like you're, you're just going to get the most basic offense and defense from both of these teams really, because it doesn't matter who wins or loses. It doesn't change anything other than the Alouettes will either be 10 and eight to, to end the season or 11 and seven. That's yeah. it, it. It's bragging rights essentially at this point, because these two teams are going to meet again in two weeks at personal Molson stadium for the Eastern semifinal. That's where things are going to count. That's where things are going to be important. This game, you have to play it. You just don't have, you don't necessarily have to give an effort and it sucks for the people that are going to go and expect a good football game. And truthfully, I just, there's, there's, there's no other than padding your stats, other than reaching those benchmarks for those certain players that you had mentioned, there's really no, you know, you don't have to win this game. Like no one's going to fault you if you just mail it in. And yeah, that goes for both teams. Really? I mean, 2010, by the way, 2010, I know, was one of those years where it, the the regular season finale at home and absolutely nothing. We we were we had already clinched and we were, we were playing Toronto at home, so it was oh, it's so God, so many, so many similarities of that year to versus this year. Yep, and who, who do we we played Toronto in the last? Oh my God, Al's played Toronto three straight games. So we have, you know, we got <laughs> Toronto as set like we now, Hamilton this week, and we got Hamilton next week. That's what it was in 2010. So 
it, it's it, it's one of those again. It's you ha- you still have to play, and that's what Coach Moss said. You still have to play the game. You still got to play. Still the have game. to. You're right, and you you don't want anybody getting rusty, especially coming off of bye week too. Like it would be bizarre even to sit Cody Fajardo. I mean, I, personally, in, in my personal opinion, I would like to see him play in the fourth quarter just to get that. Mm. You know, I, I won't say rust necessarily, but at least get his you know body moving and get 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 the get get those get that muscle reps in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the get, get that get that feel. I actually kind of like that, dude. I kind of I mean, like think, that. I like I like the way you're thinking. We'll have to check, obviously, on Friday for the uh, for the depth chart. Um, speaking of, uh, as I mentioned before, David Cote was a full has been a full participant the first two or three days because the Al's got a full week this this week yep. of practice. Uh, still got KJG. I, I don't understand why they still have him listed. I think we we all know. I don't. I don't expect him to be back um, this year. Um, but also, this gives the Alouettes some a potential chance of seeing some guys that we've not seen in a long, long time. Dude, okay, this is good. Bryce Notree seems to be he's practicing fully. William Stanbeck seems to be over his illness. He's practiced. He's practiced fully. Um, Avery Williams has practiced fully. Uh, Avery Ellis, though, is not. Armando Sewell, elbow, this thing is an elbow, has not practiced. Mm. Here's one that we've not seen in a few weeks, Cliff. Greg Ellingson, he's been a full participant. Okay. Mm. Sean Jameson, full participant. Ooh. Landon Rice, full participant. Mm-hmm. Tyrell Richards, full participant. And lastly, which who I would love to see, Make his twenty twenty three debut, a guy who, that we have been hoping to see all year to see what he can do to make it. Uh, but Reggie White Jr., he's been a full participant all week, so we, there it is going to be. It is going to be <laughs> figuring out this this roster this week is going to be very interesting, especially if a lot of these guys can play. Because is this Greg Ellingson's swan song? We don't know. Uh, Reggie White, obviously, he he we want he wants to have a better year and lead into twenty twenty you know playoffs in twenty twenty four. I mean, will he be activated? Don't know. So there's there's a there, there's still a lot of storylines, even though this is going to be a glorified preseason game on Saturday. Yeah, and it's easy to say, okay, certain players, it would be a good idea to give them the week off, even though again, everybody just came back from the bye, so it's 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 a really tough call, but at the same time certain players you want to make sure that there's no possibility of them getting hurt. And the best way to make sure that they don't get hurt is they don't take the field. That Uh being said, yeah, if as good as it would be to see Reggie white jr. Back in the lineup, even if it's just for this one game, just to get, just to say for him to be able to say that, yes, I did come back. I did play a game in 2023, but who do you sit? Like, this is also kind of the thing is like, okay, who do you sit? Obviously, in anticipation of them playing in the Eastern semifinal, but at the same time, if somebody's like, for example, like an Austin Mack, for example, like that would be mm-hmm. your thir- first thought would be, okay, let Mack sit because he's proven himself. He, we, he's the man. There's no question about that when it comes to receiver. But again, if he really wants to get those 100, try to get those 150 receiving yards, he's going to want to play, and you may want to give him the opportunity in order to do so. That being said, okay. You go down the list, and then, you know, it's 
like I said, the, the, this team has some really great receivers. Like, so who gets to sit for a Greg Ellingson or for a Reggie White Jr.? That's the tough part, even though, even I if know. it is, as you said, a glorified preseason game, still, it's still a game check. It's still an opportunity. Like, do or do, the, do they go along with it saying, okay, I'll sit down knowing it's for the greater good, knowing full well that they will be playing in the Eastern semifinal. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, again, uh, depth chart doesn't come out till Friday. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the Alouettes play it safe and go with the their starters, so to speak, or do they modify things and just give certain players a chance to get in there and others just, you know, sort of, like a, no, I won't say a complete day off, but maybe like the morning off, so to speak. It's it's going to be interesting to see. There's, there's, there's definitely a lot to... To take in on this, and I mean, it, we 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 truly won't know. But I mean, it would be nice to see a lot of these guys that are coming off the injury list, coming off the injury list. Like, give them a chance to get some reps, just in case, just in case they are needed for the Eastern semifinal and beyond. Because yeah. we know it's a grind. We know how tough it is, and it's almost unfortunate, like the way that the season worked out. As far as like, I'm sure the bye week would have been great. You know, it would have been great to have that rest, but. You know, it's you know, it is what it is. It, it, it's how the schedule worked out, and yeah, now you've got this game that essentially means nothing in the standings, and it's truly just a chance for people to pad their stats or you know get maybe get some reps in, like truly get some reps in. Like I'm, I, I sincerely hope that we see Caleb Evans and Davis Alexander play like the lion's share of this game, like like yeah. three of the four quarters. Those guys should be splitting splitting that, and. I, I'll say it like I, I would much prefer to see Cody Fajardo play in the fourth quarter. I like your so thinking, it, dude. I like your thinking. To me, like I think that would be the best thing because at that point, you know, there's again, we'll, we'll know what's happening, and you know, like even if it's a tightly contested battle on on Saturday, like you know, no one's going to do anything stupid. I, I have to believe no, no one's going to do anything stupid, whether it's Montreal or Hamilton is you know, trying to injure somebody or trying to take out someone's star or anything like that. Like it's that's not going to happen. I, I truly don't see that, but at the same time, you know, you, you got to play it safe a little bit too. So it's, it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. It's going to be very interesting to see. I, I'm sure once the, the depth chart gets released, we're get, you and I are both going to look at it and be like, uh, really? And, or, or be, there's a, or there's a thought or I never thought about that. Or we'll see again. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what's going to happen. So it again, uh, it's, it's Halloween, uh, the uh, Halloween finale. I don't know what they're calling it. It's, it's ha- come dressed up, come dressed up as as your favorite player. <laughs> yeah. Come dress, come dressed up as a as a uh, as a as a big O seat. Uh, but still, <laughs> uh, tailgating. We'll be there. Uh, Five dollar day for kids. Um, Kids can Again, come in costumes it's still too. Fo- it's, it's still football. It's still football. Football on on a Saturday afternoon in Montreal. You can't complain with all the fans there. With all the fans there, you know, screaming the the, the name of their of their favorite of their favorite team, Alouettes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it, you can't, you can't. Yeah, again, so so again. And if the, nothing the, else, too, maybe a, a, I won't call it a preview of the Eastern semifinal, even though technically it is. But mm-hmm. you know what, folks, if you 
if you're just, you know kind of waffling on whether you want to go to the Eastern semifinal, and first of all, if you're if you are, shame on you because yeah, if you're, the Alouettes if you are, are hosting. Hello, yeah, come on, Lego my Lego. Like, don't don't so, don't waffle. Don't waffle. Don't don't play. Don't play with us here. Like, you know, you want to go to the Eastern semifinal. You know, it's going to be a great game. This game, I can't guarantee it's going to be great, but you know, come to the come to the stadium anyways. Come enjoy an afternoon of football. The weather, mm-hmm. if the weather holds off, it'll end up being nice. Get out there, get to see your team, get to show the support, exactly. show the love. By the way, Reggie Stubblefield is going to be there. You yeah. just heard our interview with him. You know he's going to be cranked up. You know he's on fire. You know he he wants to make the case. He wants to remind everybody. You know, you if you got a vote for most outstanding rookie, you better throw it Reggie's way. Simple exactly. as that. It should be a good game. Uh, don't forget to stay tuned for our uh, our flight deck live post game show. Uh, following the game, uh, stay tuned to all of our socials for when it will be going live. But Cliff and I will be there. Uh, and then uh, make sure you come and come back here next week as we preview the Eastern semifinal between the Montreal Alouettes and the Hamilton Tiger Cats from Percival Wilson Stadium, where so far as I heard, by the way, Ticket sales sound pretty good because I was speaking with a, a ticket rep the other day when I went to go pick up my uh, uh, Jeshwan Antwi uh, uh, indigenous orange jersey, practice jersey, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and it's it's looking pretty good. It may actually top the season opener, and that was with OLP. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. So stay tuned for more information on that as it does become available. But again, we will uh, talk to you guys. Uh, Either on uh, Saturday from Alouettes uh, uh, from Flight Deck Live or next on next week's show. Show we, we appreciate you guys. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.